Radio check. Loud and clear. KSL Sports and KSL Podcast present Mode Push, an American view of F1, starting now. Don't stop. He's making cut with his Honestly. I've gusset. I've absolutely gusset. I enjoy this so much. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome on in, everybody. It is Mode Push, an American view of F1. Thanks for being with us on our podcast where we uh, jump in and chat a little bit about the things going on in the world of F1. And we're so excited about it because F1 racing is back this week. And uh, Dan Jimenez, my co-host, is always right here. I'm Alex Keery. Dan, we're now, I guess, a year removed from when you had that uh, wild whirlwind trip across the world uh, marked (laughs) by your first trip to Australia, and then you uh, ended up watching the uh, Singapore GP. Do you miss it, or do you not miss the fact that you had to travel for so long and then get yourself either sweating drenched or rain drenched? You know, even the travel and the heat, uh, if if I had a ticket, I'd get on that plane uh, tonight and I'd go. It was it was seriously such a great event, and uh, uh, yeah, I'd go back in a heartbeat for sure. I don't think people remember, but that podium was a little bit wild. Can we do we at least can we go off of anything that happened last year to give us hope that uh, Max won't run away with everything and get his eleventh straight win in a row for this one? That was a wild one because yeah, in qualifying is when they had the the controversy where Max pulled off uh, his flying lap at the end of Q three in the very last corner, and I was standing in the last corner, turn twenty four or whatever it is, and uh, Charles went by provisional pole. Max is going through and we could see on the, on the screen that across the track, he was purple one sector one, purple sector two. He comes flying around the last corner and pulls into the pit lane and everyone is just flabbergasted. And it, I think it ended up being something to do with his fuel sample. He like, he had not enough. It was fuel not enough. To, yeah. Yeah. It was something. Yeah. Weird. So, so they're like, pull off, pull off, pull off. Because if he had gone through, he had done another lap to come back around, you know, to come back to the pits. And so, yeah, so it was weird because Max wasn't on pole when he probably was on pace to be on pole. So Charles started, but it was soaking wet, like it, like a torrential downpour, like I had never seen before in my life, came through right at this, you know, thirty minutes before the race. So the race started, and it wasn't really raining anymore. It was maybe drizzling, but there was a, a lot of water on the track, and uh, I don't believe Singapore drains very well. Um, and uh, yeah, Checo just put on a masterclass of uh, racing in the streets in the rain. And uh, it was it was a pretty entertaining race. Speaking of Checo, did you see that McDonald's rolled out the full Checo menu? The the Mexico <laughs> McDonald's has the the menu Checo, el menu Checo, right? It's all <laughs> branded with his stuff. I mean, the bags, the cups, everything down to the last uh, little bit. I mean, talk about owning uh, the entire country, man. Yeah, so Mexico, uh, McDonald's Mexico so is going great. all in on uh, on Checo, and and the funniest part about this is is to pump it, they don't have him racing in an F one car. He's in a cart. He's in he's like they have he's him go kart. Yeah, he's in a cart, <laughs> and it's got and it's got McDonald's colors because you can't put him in an F one car if you're going to promote this. So he's in a, a karting cart. It's eleven, but it is a full like McDonald's branded cart, and uh, yeah, the. Uh, the the menu Checo is going to be so the Big Mac is going to be uh, all branded Checo for the next uh, little while. So congrats to him. That might be the only win he has the rest of the season. By the way, is that mean of me to say it like that? 
uh, you know, I, I think he's on a little bit of a, of a, of a momentum building role yeah, right here not? because there was, there was some smack that was talked even from his own team. You know, Helmut Marco had some comments this last week that was uh, very controversial comments saying that because he's South American, that uh, he doesn't have his head in the right place. Like, you know, the European drivers, and he's already they've walked that back and uh, issued an official apology. But it was yeah, because it sounds a just, bit xenophobic on top of being just like uh, all the oh, other yeah. bad things. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's this is not good. But I mean, Helmut Marco's full of stuff. Right. But he, uh, you know, Sergio had a pretty good race. He fought his way through the Ferraris and, um, he, you know, he finished six seconds off of max and it sounded like max was having an overheating issue towards the end of the race. He dropped his times like the last four or five laps, like two or three seconds a lap. So Sergio was catching him because of that. But, uh, yeah, he's going into a place he won last year. He likes it. Uh, and so, yeah, maybe he, it, the, the money might be on Sir, on Sergio for a surprise winner. Surprise being anyone other than Max, who's now won ten in a row. Right, sure. Uh, yeah, and I think that I think most of the time, I don't know. I mean, this last race was quite entertaining from a race standpoint, though. We didn't really get to break it down because we've been uh, both you and I have been living in our regular work worlds. But um, the Italian Grand Prix, you and I haven't talked about it, but that was as good of a race as I've seen all year long. And you didn't have to have rain to make that kind of be the caveat. Like, well, it was entertaining because the equalizer was the rain. No one knew what to do, any of that stuff. It was full on. I couldn't believe the wheel-to-wheel action. I couldn't believe that the Ferraris were trying to go full Red Bull 2017 and put, uh, you know, each other's car into the back of one another. And, uh, you know, to their credit, it actually it worked out. It was weird, but it was it was fun to see, to see uh, Carlos Sainz, like, actually – you know, kind of outdo outdo Charles Leclerc and to see – I mean, obviously, Checo, it was nice to see him up there as well because he just gets dogged so much. But uh, a 1-2 for Red Bull and then just exciting racing. I mean, the reality was is it was just so so much good racing, the entirety of it. And what did it take Max to even run down the Ferrari? 15 laps probably, I think, at the yeah. beginning? Yeah, 16 laps I think is when he, when he, he got past them. And, uh, yeah, I was surprised that Carlos – held on that long and then also that he was able to hold off um his teammate because he used up his tires his rear tires so much trying to keep max behind him that uh i mean it, charles going for it there in the last five laps trying to get past his teammate when his team had told him to hold position was was wild i i especially on that last lap dive bomb i thought for sure they were going to make contact and it was going to be tragedy but you know to both of their credits they they stayed off of each other somehow and uh, yeah, it was a super exciting race. I, I think that all around there was uh, action up and down the pack, uh, and a lot of you know green flag passing that uh, we you know hadn't seen uh, in any other race outside of you know the reigned races. So from a from a championship standpoint, I think we all know that uh, that Max Verstappen. I mean, I don't know if he's officially clinched it. I don't know. I don't know how you could say he hasn't yet. I mean, there's not what eight nine races left and. And he's uh, 150 points even clear of his own teammate. Um, but interestingly enough, after everything, Fernando Alonso still holding on to that third place in the driver's standings behind Sergio Perez. Uh, and I think that those are, uh, let me see here, that's uh, 49 points separate he and Checo. Lewis Hamilton, though, is six points behind uh, Fernando. Carlos Sainz is 50 or 40, uh, 45 points behind 
uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton in that in that four spot, and Charles Leclerc is six points behind his teammate. I don't know, but like the thing for me, I'm like I'm trying to think of guys who have still just massively impressed, and Alex Albon cannot be understated for how well he's doing. I I mean I've been in the sport when I say in the sport I've been watching this thing Dan for you know since 2018 the first season of uh, of Drive to Survive and it's 2023 and I've never seen a Williams driver 20 point 21 points for a Williams driver is an impossible thing for me to even fathom knowing how how poorly they've performed over the last five years they've got to be over the moon about Alex Albon that, that dude is a is a uh, a national treasure there in, in England because he just he just is doing so much with that car and Williams to their credit they've come so so far as well I mean my heavens he's he's just is he's just off of Oscar Piastri he's just off of Esteban Alcon uh and and you know just like he's he's 13th I mean was the last time you saw that I know that's kind of a weird thing because in my world of sports saying somebody is 13th is a is is stupid but like you know but when he's been finishing sixth and seventh and eighth and whatever I mean like that's been that's been really really fun for me to watch for Alex Albon yeah, it's I think the feel good story of the year to see the turnaround at Williams because you know it was not that long ago, two seasons, three seasons ago when it was being the team was led still family owned and led by Claire Williams that they they weren't just last they were last by like a a country mile like they were nowhere close to the rest of the pack and it was just depressing because they have this storied history with so many championships and wins um over the decades that to just see them you know running around essentially like an f2 team uh in comparison was just a bummer but to the the you know the private equity group that came in and took over and was able to shake up the management and bring in it, over james uh, vowels who was it doritos is that what D- D- dorito capital yeah <laughs> D- Dor- dorlaton capital uh it's an american team essentially come on yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is the one case where uh, American private equity has actually been successful in taking over a business. I think it's may, might be the only case that, that that's ever happened, but it's uh, it's amazing to see the turnaround. I think not enough credit goes to James Vowles, the, um, the new team principal who came over from Mercedes at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Alex is showing what the car is capable of. And I think it is putting a lot of pressure on our, on our homeboy, Logan Sargent to, to step up um, because, you know, Logan, when he came in, there were some question marks because it's not like he won the F2 championship. You know, he kind of barely squeaked by into having enough super license points to be able to make it anyways. And there was, you know, the thought that it was, it was kind of a marketing play to get him on here. But when, when you have Logan with zero points and uh, Alex, uh, Alex Albon with 21, you have to start looking around the rest of the grid and thinking if as dominoes start to fall in the silly season, I think Logan might be the the next one on the chopping block uh, because there's un, there's untapped potential there with that second uh, car on the team. I was just reading something though from today. I know we kind of look and go, oh boy, Checo, this is not your place, man. Like you, this you can't, you got to be gone, dude. He is now as of this race this weekend, Dan, the longest tenured racing teammate in F1 of Max Verstappen. Oh, oh no, <laughs> that's. That doesn't bode well for oh, it's Sergio. Not a good thing. Like, I feel like for, that's like Leonardo DiCaprio and girlfriends, man. <laughs> you just know what's about to happen. No, but he's a, oh my gosh, he's a hey. I didn't say he was the youngest. I said he was yeah, the, yeah. I said he's, he's older been, than twenty five. He's the most tenured. Yeah, fifty nine races they'll have been together uh, as of this weekend, and that passes up uh, Danny Rick. And yeah, the Danny Rick uh, deal did not necessarily end in the uh, in the best way possible for him. 
but let's talk about the historic version and the and this and this version of who Max Verstappen is because I don't know it's it's weird because as he's gone along here you've seen a progression of a guy who is not that like dumb mean kid anymore or just kind of like indifferent kid don't you feel like he's grown up even just that little bit more and become an even bigger pro not just because of the winning but it seems like he's saying everything right right now it just everything that surrounds Max Verstappen seems to be kind of the the Midas touch situation yeah he seems polished especially uh compared to you know the year when he he won the his first championship uh was at 2021 uh you know that year he was any pass he made especially around Lewis he was really the envelope on um you know drive like like driving like a gentleman versus you know driving ruthlessly and i think now you know he doesn't have to drive like that so he just seems a lot more chill um and yeah maybe a bit more professional so i i don't know it makes me i feel like max is you know has plenty of fans but he's probably winning more people over on from a fan standpoint from just his general personality seems to be a uh, a bit more interesting in the past that was, you know, he seemed to be more of a turnoff before. As we start to look at this race coming up this weekend, what are the storylines that you're looking at to where, I mean, everything kind of surrounds looking at Max Verstappen, extending that record. And then everybody just goes anyway, moving on beyond Max Verstappen and going to the rest <laughs> of the race and the rest of the field. So who are making those moves? Because I think for a minute there, we thought, ah, look at Aston Martin. They figured it out. And then this last race, this last race, we were like, ah, they haven't figured it out yet. So I don't know what to expect. Uh, this next part is Mercedes going to keep dialing it up. And what? Oh, you and I didn't even get to chat about uh, Toto going. It is the record is completely irrelevant to me. Whatever Max is doing, <laughs> I don't actually pay attention. I don't see any of this. Uh, Matt, he, he going full on. I don't care about the record. I don't even know what that is. It's totally irrelevant to me. Well, yeah, it's irrelevant to you, but it's still a big part of the fact that. Look, man, you can be a billionaire in the sport and the only billionaire in the sport and be like kind of gracious and going, yeah, man, that guy, he's amazing. He's good for our sport. Everybody's seeing this guy's amazing, but uh, we've got to figure out a way to, uh, you know, uh, close the gap with him instead of doing the whole, I don't even think about him. I don't even know who the Max Verstappen is. Like, that is ridiculous. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, no, it seems like every 48 hours, there's another quote of, you know, Toto saying something that's completely just like shameless. It's, <laughs> you know, either that he doesn't care about records or that, um, yeah, that, you know, that that team shouldn't be able to dominate as much as they do or that he would never like this one the, earlier this week is like, I would I would never cheat like I would never cheat before, um, you know, uh you know, tr trying to gain any kind of performance advantage. I'd rather lose before I'd cheat. And I, you know, somebody tweeted out the picture of the secret FIA, FIA test that Mercedes used to do, like secret tire tests that nobody knew about except for Mercedes. It's like, dude, you've cheated in the past. So, so you know, g g give us a break. Uh, Toto's a bit ridiculous. So I think going into this weekend, the big storyline for me is um, will Max let up after having broke the record? Was it like, I got to get to 10 and then I'm going to ease up or, you know, 10 just a number and I'm going to keep going. I, you know, I, I doubt that he's going to ease up, but I, I think there is something about like the record is, is his now. And, uh, and then maybe there's less pressure to win this weekend. He, they he, both Max and helmet Marco, uh, after the last race were starting to sandbag and they've done this in races past, but they're starting to sandbag their expectations for Singapore saying that it was not a track that really played into their hands. And that was maybe more of like a Ferrari or Mercedes track. So we'll see if that's, if that's, 
you know, true or if they're just, you know, playing head games. One of the big difference, the two big changes going into this weekend, one is a technical directive that came out. So rule changes around um, things that the teams have been doing with the noses, like the front wings and the rear wings of the car have been like flexible, uh, either like elements that were flexible that would flex under aerodynamic load and change uh, the way that the wing works uh, the, based on how fast they were going or like even rubber parts that were meant to like bend under certain loads. And those were kind of getting classified as mechanisms and mechanisms, arrow mechanisms are against the rules. So anyways, that's all being cleaned up for this week. So um, a lot of the teams will probably lose that advantage that they had before. And then the second big change is that the third sector is going to be a lot faster. They've taken out four corners, essentially. There used to be in the last sector, this uh, right, left, left, right, that like went right out onto the Marina Bay. And I guess that's under construction right now. Huh. And so it's a big, long straight. So we're going to have a third sector that's pretty long with just like one one or two turns in it, like one chicane. So that'll make it uh, easier on the tires, um, easier on the brakes. Uh, so we'll see how that plays into, you know, different team into the hands of different teams, but it adds a, a, another sh- a high speed section. So some differences compared to last year, for sure, both on a rules basis and, and track layout basis. I know it's crazy, but the F1 news calendar and weather report has put, uh, sit, tell me if you're sitting down, Dan, <laughs> expects rain and possible thunderstorms. What? Not in that part of the I world. Believe it. How dare they? <laughs> when it's already 99% humidity, uh, you know, rain rain could come in, you know, the blink of an eye. So, yeah, yeah it, uh, let's, you know, I think it'll make it for an exciting race for sure if it gets a little wet. It, it definitely yeah. made it exciting last year. Well, we'll see. I mean, I don't I don't have to have that to make me uh, feel better about like the race weekend or to like make me feel like we're going to get a little bit of a closer uh finish. I do like seeing teams guessing of like, what are we going to do? What are we going to full wet? When can we go to the, when can we go to the slicks? All those things come into play. And then at some point we just go, I can't believe Ferrari blew that. I can't believe they guessed wrong. <laughs> like I just, <laughs> I just like the idea of going at these guys when they don't, uh, when they blow it for like just two seconds, like how dare, how dare they not figure it out? How dare they not guess the weather correctly? It is crazy to me uh, how predictable though the radars are once they do, once they do see those radars and they're like, we will have four to five seconds of rain and then it will stop. <laughs> I love when they tell the drivers that and they like move on. It's uh I mean, we don't need that in other sports because it's just like, dude, if if lightning hits, we stop. If not, you're just going to go. It doesn't matter. There's no uh version of changing your cleats really in football. I mean, uh, you can, but they they don't really do it that often. Uh Dan, big race weekend. We're excited about it and uh I know that uh, you're as excited as I am about uh, about jumping in for another race week and I don't know if uh I don't know if we're going to get a great race. I mean, my I'm crossing my fingers, but uh, I don't know. You tell me. What's the wisdom on if this is, if this is going to be a good race or not? Um, I've always enjoyed Singapore. I think it's visually, it's it's a spectacle to watch. I mean, and now having been there in person, it's just amazing that they can fit everything they do inside of that such a tight urban setting. So it's a I think it's fun to watch uh, in terms of side by side racing. Uh, it doesn't lend itself towards a lot of passing because it's such a tight circuit, but 
throw rain into the mix, throw some uncertainty around new track layout and uh, and new uh, aero regulations, and we might have a, a surprising finish. And maybe Max decides ten is enough that that's the record that'll stand forever, and he can <laughs> maybe uh, just uh, maybe relax a, a, a skosh this week. So no uh, such. I, luck. I think there'll be a surprise surprise podium this week. I'm go- I'm I'm feeling good about it. Okay, surprise podium. I'm hoping for it as well. For Dan Jimenez, I'm Alex Keery. Thanks for being with us. Download the podcast. Tell friends that you're going to love F1 if they haven't tried it. So, And then have them download the uh, Mode Push podcast. For Dan and Alex, we'll talk to you next week, everybody.